are y'all excited for a new year or what? Are y'all excited? Y'all got some goals. We are in a new decade. Is that, bro, 10 years ago, I was, how old was I? I'm trying to, nine years old. Can y'all believe that? I'm like, I don't know how old I am now. All right, guys, I am so si excited. Si I'm so excited, I can't even say excited. I'm so excited to be starting off this new year with our new series entitled, This Means War. Look at your neighbor and say, this means war. When you got leftovers in your, in your refrigerator and then you wake up next morning and someone eats them, this means war. When someone likes pickles on their burgers, this means war. When someone says they like cats over dogs, this means war. Hey, I don't have to preach no more. <laughs> Y'all want more? Y'all want more. Y'all are crazy, man. Y'all gonna make me act up. All right. We are in a new series called This Means War. And the title of our first night, our first night of the decade, the first night of 2020, is The Battle for Breakthrough. The Battle for Breakthrough. Sermon and sentence for all you note takers in the room is this. Breakthrough is a fight worth fighting for. So declare war. The significance of that in itself can preach on its own. Listen, maybe in the past years you've been struggling with some things and the enemy's been coming at you, but this year we're going on the offense. Too much of us as Christians, when the enemy tries to bring something into our lives, we go on the defense. God does not give us the strength to back down. He gives us the strength to persevere. And so this year with your family, we're going to be fighting for people, whether they're lost whether they're drugged out, whether they're healthy, doesn't matter what state they are in. We believe in a God who, in the impossible, so we are believing for the impossible. And we are declaring war on whatever the enemy has in store for us. If you guys have your Bibles, switch it to, switch it, flip it to Joshua 6, 1 through 7. Joshua 6, 1 through 7. Bankhead said, my name is Joshua. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a dog on Y'all know. Everybody there? All right. If you guys don't have your own, who has a paper Bible? Who has a paper Bible? Starting off the decade, right? All right. Six one, starting off like this. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Victory already. With its king and mighty men of valor, you shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. Some of you are like, dang, we just read the whole Bible right there. Goodness gracious. All right. Have you ever done something in your life that makes no sense? Have you ever made a decision in your life that makes no sense? Some of you are like, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, right? I would agree. You girls aren't safe either. I don't know. Let me relax. This is not a relationship series. <laughs> well, my freshman year of high school, your boy was cuffed up. Can you blame me? I wanted a boo thing. I wanted a boo thing. I was cuffed up freshman year. Let me tell you how we started off our relationship. Eighth grade going into... <laughs> Eighth grade, going into my freshman year, I talked to this girl over kick. Who remembers kick? Kick. Come on. Woo! The Holy Spirit's in this place. Kick was the thing. You're like, girl, can I get your kick? It's like when you used to do the, to be honest, you'd be like, to be honest, I don't know you much, but what's your kick? Hey, that was the move back in the day. Y'all know, Ask FM. Does anyone remember Ask FM? Who's the cutest in the school? And you leave it on anonymous, hoping that your name was there? Y'all don't know nothing about that. That's in the last decade. All right. <laughs> where, where were we, guys? Goodness. So I had a girlfriend, right, at the time. And I met her from Shavela. Who, who went to Shavela Middle School? Y'all are not saved. Y'all better be up here at the altar call. So online, I was talking to this girl, and I told her I loved her before I even met her in person. 
It's, it's one of the, it's like those people, it's like those people who say, oh, yeah, this girl, she's so good for me. One day I'll meet her. And you're like, what? One day you'll meet her? Come on. I was in love. What can you say, man? No. So listen, I met this girl in person, and from freshman year, Kai knows, because Kai's been one of my best friends since sixth grade. From freshman year, hey, so you know for the relationships in the room. Come on, friendships up in the room. Faithful friendships, how many of us, huh? All right. <laughs> so I, um, <laughs> you guys keep throwing me off. So I'm with this girl, right? From freshman year to sophomore year, I was that dude who was in the corners at Mesa. Who, who goes to Mesa? If any of y'all have been with a girl in them corners, just know you're just getting my seconds. I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink of water for that. Y'all going to make me act up. All right, listen. So I was that guy. Who knows? Hey, raise your hand if you know that person who's in the hallways just like, like, it's like, golly, are y'all fighting or in love? Like, I don't get what's going on here, right? They're out here having each other for lunch every single day. Yes. <laughs> Let me get on, guys. I don't have so much time. All right. Anyways, from freshman year to sophomore year, I was with this girl, and it was a dumb relationship. I was just with one girl. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I was with this one girl from freshman year to sophomore year. I didn't hang out with any friends. I didn't go any dances, no, um, no dances, no football, no um, leadership clubs or anything like that. And those of you who know me, like, I'm very outgoing and I love doing whatever it is. But I was really like, you know, like, you're like, oh, bro, he's got him whipped. I was not just whipped, y'all. I was on, like, a carrot gold chain being walked around with a backpack onesie. It was all bad, right? And so... When I look back, like, this relationship left me absolutely broken. And for those of you who are in a relationship like that, I'm going to tell you this. Do not spend your high school years, your key years of development as a student with one person. Not multiple people either. Don't get it twisted. Y'all are sick, all right? Y'all need to be up here when Corey says you give your life to Christ, right? But when I look back on that moment, it makes no sense to me because I spent two years of my life wasting it instead of developing my character. But when I look back through all of that, I realized that God was with me the whole time. And you're like, JJ, how is that so? Because in the midst of being broken at the end of it, I found my desire and need for Christ. God has a way of allowing us to experience certain things for the purpose of meeting him. And in this moment and with this relationship, I not only found my desire for Christ and I gave my life to Christ, I have the most amazing pastors now. I have the most amazing relationship with an amazing girl, and, <laughs> come on, amen, hallelujah, <laughs> and now I have the most amazing community right in front of me who I get to preach to sometimes. So in the midst of something that didn't seem to make sense, and now I get to talk about what first felt like a mistake and then ended up becoming a purpose is something so beautiful the way God orchestrates it. And so... God has a way of using what doesn't make sense to us for our good and for his glory. So going back to Joshua, you see the Israelites are in front of this big wall of Jericho, right? Let's just imagine it as the, the, like the Great Wall of China, right? Let's just imagine it like that. So there's this great wall, and the Israelites have this obstacle right in front of them. And so God is saying, play trumpets so it can come down. I don't know, I don't know about you, but when I think of play trumpets, he's like, okay, we're in front of the wall. Jason Derulo is like, every time that you. Y'all don't know about that. Don't sing the lyrics, okay? I'm going to get in trouble. All right, listen. But, like, it makes no sense. God is asking in a moment where there is military war to play the trumpet and to march around. Beep, 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 beep. Like, it doesn't make sense. And they're hoping that a wall comes down. But this isn't the only instant in the Bible where there's something that doesn't seem to make sense happens. In the book of 1 Samuel, we see something similar. Y'all know the story of David and Goliath? Goliath is the most amazing warrior at that time. And Saul, who is the king, comes up, who is representing Israel and says, oh, no, he's too big. I'm a dip. And so they retreat. And David, this 13-year-old dude who's strengthened by God, comes up and says, I'll fight him. Or like 13, I'll fight him, bro. 
Like, you know what I mean? He's like, I'll fight him, dude. Right? And it makes no sense. We have a huge giant and a little boy fighting for the freedom of Israel. In the book of Acts, we see on the road of Damascus, Jesus tells Ananias, he tells him, go to the the worst persecutor of Christians, the one who murders them, the one who, you got, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the book of Acts, this character named Stephen gets um, martyred. He gets murdered for his faith, and Saul was the main person who did that, was the main person who commissioned that. And so he tells Ananias, he says, go to Saul and tell him to meet, basically to meet with Jesus. And Ananias is like, wait, 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 hold on, let's get this right. You're going to go tell me to go meet Saul, who's the very person who hates people like me, to turn to you, you are tripping, sir. Sorry, I know you're the Messiah, but you are tripping, right? And it makes no sense. But I, wanna, I want you, if you guys have your Bibles, flip your Bibles to Philippians 1, 12 through 14. Philippians 1, 12 through 14. Once you're there, say ding. <laughs> I can't believe you all did that. <laughs> all right, Philippians 1, 12 through 14. I want to, I want to, this kind of wraps up the thinking or the correct thinking in a moment where you're going through barriers. It says this, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known through the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul is talking about this, that he's in prison preaching to the preaching to the people. He's in prison being messed up, and he's saying it's for the sake of the gospel. And he says, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul is saying, in the midst of my barrier, Christ is using it for his glory. So the Israelites, they play their trumpets, and the wall comes falling down. David steps into faithfulness, and Goliath comes down. Ananias goes to Saul, and the very Saul who used to persecute Christians became the very Paul who is now encouraging them. I'm going to tell you this. If you are faithful in the middle, you will experience breakthrough in the end. If you are faithful in the middle, you will experience breakthrough in the end. Paul says, what has happened to me really has served a purpose to advance the gospel. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. But I'm promising you this. It is being served to advance the gospel. Every single one of your testimonies is probably crazy. One is crazier than the other. The other is crazier than the other. Whatever it may be. But each testimony you have has a purpose of serving the gospel. And I love what Paul's saying here because he's saying is that I experience joy and love in the midst of my imprisonment. And that starts creating curiosity. Because how is it that this person's mom passed away? But here they are, joyful. How is it that in the midst of illness, you pray and healing becomes possible? How is it in the midst that when pregnancy wasn't possible, now there's a baby boy? I'll tell you this, faithfulness in the middle results to your breakthrough in the end. And I'm telling you this, I don't care how lost you, you think your friends are. I don't care how lost you think your parents are. I don't care how drugged out you think your mom is. I don't care whatever that may be. Regardless of what the enemy tells you, regardless of what this world tells you, it is an absolute lie. If you can mess up on the wrong boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm pretty sure you can mess up on the future of an individual. Because at the end of the day, that is all in God's hands. And I'm telling you today to have faith in the middle. Because it's all for the glory of God. Every barrier. And I know we don't like what we messed up on. I know we don't like what we regret. But if I didn't mess up in that relationship, if I didn't do all these things leading up, and you guys heard my testimony about cheating and all this stuff, if I didn't do any of that, I would never, if it wasn't for darkness, I would not be able to experience light to the fullest. And it's a beautiful truth now that I get to walk in Christ because now I'm living in a completely different direction and my past just glorifies where I'm going in the future. And my past gets, allows me to point to the person who has changed it. And so don't be so critical of your testimony. Don't be so critical of what you've done. Because I promise you this, Paul, Saul, who used to murder Christians, got so transformed by Christ that he became the very person encouraging them. And we have 13 of our New Testament books because Paul, Saul was, conf- uh, what is the word, changed? I wanted a fancier word. Changed to Paul, okay? And so I want to finish off with this. I know it's a short message. I'm sharing this with the amazing gentleman. 
Um, I want you to uh, flip your Bibles to Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It reads this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the most important part. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I think we get our prayers wrong sometimes. And I'm not saying this to say that you're, it's not sincere, and I'm not saying that you have wrong, that you're wrong in the way you're pursuing Christ. I'm not saying that, but I'm not sure about you, but we've all heard the prayer, God, we invite you into this place. Why do we do that? Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age. It would make no sense to ask your homie to hang out if he's already with you. It makes no sense. And in the same way, we're telling Christ, God, be with me. As if he ever left. God never leaves. Not in the worst moments, not in the best moments. He never leaves. He is always with you. And he was with me when I was at my worst. And he's going to be with me when I'm at my best. He's going to be with me when I'm alive on this earth. And he's going to be with me when my body's dead and I'm alive in heaven. So God is with us everywhere we go. And you might, what you're saying is, JJ, but I don't always feel God. I don't always feel the goosebumps. I know what you're talking about. You're like, but JJ, it feels so more real when I'm at summer camp. JJ, it feels more real when I'm in worship, when I'm in church. It feels more real. And when you don't, when you're feeling, can I tell you something? Your feelings lie to you. Your feelings lie to you. The, my ex-girlfriend is a product of feelings lie to you. Your friendships are a product that feelings lie to you. The f- I'm pressing on you. No, I'm coming for y'all. Your, your feelings are going to lie to you. So how do you, when my feelings lie to me, I access God through faith. And so when I don't feel them, I come back to the Bible that is true, that doesn't lie, that doesn't change. And it says, I am with you. And so I say, God, I might not feel you, but I'm thankful you are with me. God, I might not always see you, but God, I'm thankful that you are with me when I preach, that you're with me when I'm my worst. I'm with, you're with me when I sin. No matter what it may be, God is with you. And when you have that, when you have that understanding that God is with you, nothing's going to get in your way. Because you're not walking into school with nobody. You're walking in with the strength of God. You're not fighting for your friends with nothing but yourself. You're fighting with the spirit of God who changes hearts, that changes murderers into Christians, who changes haters into lovers, who changes the worst people into the best. That's the type of God we serve. And so today, before I dip, what are your barriers? Some barriers in life you're not going to be able to change There's some barriers in your life you're not going to be able to control. Not change, but you're not going to be able to control some barriers. The Great Wall of Jericho was presented before them, but it was faithfulness in the middle that resulted in breakthrough. But I also believe that some of your barriers in your life, that you've put them there yourself. It could be friendships. It could be relationships. It can be the, the drugs you go to seeking fulfillment. I'll tell you this. You might get high for a night, but you're going to have to keep coming back to that. That girl might make you feel good one night, but you're going to wake up seeking another fleshly relationship. I'm telling you this, God does not come so that way you can just have temporary happiness. He came so you can have fulfillment and joy for the rest of your life. Because a life without God is not worth living. So this year, in 2020, fight confidently for breakthrough. Fight through any barrier, whatever it may be. Maybe you're struggling with pornography. Fight through it. And we're here to fight with you. Maybe your family is drugged out. Maybe your family, you you yourself are drugged out maybe. Fight through it because there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I don't care how cheesy it is. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And there's always restoration and salvation for any of those who will listen. Thank you guys so much. And can we welcome up our amazing Kai Thompson. Wow, JJ got me simping about a girl I didn't even date. What the heck? What the heck? That was fire. Thank you, JJ. Can we give it up one more time for JJ? All right, let me see how we're looking. Let me see how we're looking. This side of the room is looking good. Over here. I got my mom in the back. Everybody say what's up to my mom. (laughs) 
why? What do you stop? All right. So let's get right into it. Joshua 6, 3 through 5. If you have a paper Bible, get that back out. If you want to look at, at the screen, it'll be there too. Whatever you want. All right, here we go. Joshua 6, 3 through 5. It says, You and your fighting men, the Israelites, should march around the town once a day for six days. Dang. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times. That's, that's more than six. With the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout. Can everybody shout for me on three? One, two, three. I got a yee in the hoo. Oh, yes, go. <laughs> all right, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. All right. Have you ever had a breakdown before? God, that's a negative. Have you ever had a breakdown? It can be a great breakdown or a terrible breakdown. But I can tell you I have had breakdowns. Not the breakdance of breakdown. I have broken down. But... <laughs> There was this one breakdown I remember and I was preparing this message and it involves my mom, but to preface this, my mom is the best woman ever, strongest woman in my life. She is the GOAT, the G-O-A-T, the mom of the moms. But this involves her, it was, all right. So my mom, Filipino lady, great lady, and I have a sister. She's three years older than me. She's a little feisty and I was that brother who would be like, Like I, like, I was just, I would always mess, me and her got in trouble this one time. I was seven, she was like 10. And I'm going to tell you before I even talk about the story that I don't even remember what my sister and I did wrong. This is how traumatic it was. So my sister and I, we got in trouble and my mom sits us down at the table. And I don't remember the words she said, but she said, you're going to eat this. And before I even talk about what the food was, I'm already picky as it is. I just started liking avocados. I just started liking tomatoes. Kind of. That's, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be at the altar call too, JJ. So I'm super picky with my food. So my mom gets a little better rice because if you're Asian, you know there's always rice in the rice cooker at all times. So there's a little better rice, and she puts down squash. Squash. Are you kidding? So she puts down squash, right? And then the kicker, she brings out sardines, straight sardines. Now it's like, okay, she probably chopped it up, put some lowries, put some salt. No, 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 no. Nah. She opened it from the can. I don't even know if she heated it up. So she put it next to the squash and the rice and everything else. And she said, eat it. So I'm like, <laughs> like eating it. Like it's, it's bad. I am, I'm tripping. And then I finish. I'm like, mom, mom, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, can I go? And she says, no, you have to eat one more. She's like, what do you want? Can I tell you, if you're in trouble and your parents ask you what you want, they don't care what you want. They want to hurt you more. So my mom said, what do you want? I said, can I have more squash? And she said, bet. And she put more sardines on my plate. And I can tell you right now, talking about breakdowns, I broke down. It was a, <laughs> I was like, I'm running away. I'm calling the protective services of the, I'm calling the NSA, FBI, ABC, 32PO, everybody, everybody. <laughs> and I was just breaking down. And I finished it. Oh, it was gross, too. I didn't talk about this. Like, it was so bad. I was breaking down. And I felt like the spine of the sardines crack in my mouth. Like, <laughs> So if you in here like sardines, you need to be at the altar call. I will pray for you the whole night. Pray the demons out. And this got me thinking. We talk about breakthrough. We talk about we want God's promises for your life. They're yes and amen. We want these great things for your life. But then we don't talk about the very real middle portion when we break down on the way to our breakthrough. What, what happens when we're on our way to breakthrough and we start to break down? We start to have a breakdown. God, I prayed this prayer, but our parents, they got worse. My friends are getting worse. My health is getting worse. What happens when, when we're trying to get to God's promises and we're believing and we're believing and we're believing, but doubt sets in. Confusion sets in. Anger may even set in. And I can't, even, I can't help but think about the Israelites. Look, God said to walk for seven days, and on the seventh day, walk for seven days. A little preface to the Israelites is that 
before and when they would take over cities and whatnot, it would be go to the city, take them, guns blazing, bow, 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 boo, doo, all right, next city. Like that's how, that's how it would happen. But this is the first time that God had called the Israelites to wait, to go through a process, to walk. And I can't imagine Israelites not breaking down. Look, we get mad when we walk around Disneyland for like seven hours in our vans. Look, the Israelites didn't have no Air Jordans. They didn't have no Zoom Flies, no Flyness, no Adidas, no more relevant shoes that I can talk about to make you listen to me. They didn't have any of those shoes. They, they were probably walking barefoot in the Jesus 3s before Jesus was even there. And they were in the desert. Imagine walking barefoot around a city in the desert for a week not knowing when the breakthrough was going to happen. Oh, I'm walking and nothing's happening. Imagine the confusion, the anger that was going through the Israelites thinking, when are we going to have our breakthrough? If you find yourself in that place right now, breaking down on the way to your breakthrough and on the way to what you're believing for, it's okay. It happens. Don't, don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be sad. The, break, the breakdown's inevitable. But the thing is, God wants to use the breakdown to build you up. He doesn't want the breakdown to break you down. You're in this season to be built up. This isn't God punishing you. It's God showing you, look, yeah, let's get going. Grow in your faith in me. Keep walking. Put one foot in front of the other. That's what God's going to do. But God knew. God knew the Israelites were going to be tripping, talking about why you got us walking around barefoot and whatnot with their dirty toes. If your toes are dirty, you got to wash your toes. You got to cut your toenails. Just Jay hires, you need to cut the toenails and deodorant, all the whole nine. But God knew. So what did God do? Let's look at the scripture. We're right here. Joshua 6.10. It says, do not shout. Do not even talk. Y'all can't even not talk for like a minute. Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. And then shout. Ah, shout. <laughs> this is how much God cares about the voices. God knew that if he allowed them to speak, then when they would start breaking down, they would say, hey, bro, like, I don't think this is going to be okay. Like, we're still walking. Nothing has happened. Let's go. Or, yo, my feet hurt. My toes are aching. Yo, you want to just go chill out? I mean, this Israelite people thing ain't working for me. God knew that those voices would speak into people's heads. So this is why God cares about our voices. God knows that if voices get into our head that are not of the same faith as us, we will, we're so easy to be swayed. We're so easy to be pushed off the path. And I'm going to go into it. God, you may be saying, okay, yeah. This is why God cares about your social media, straight up. This is why God cares about who you follow and what you're looking at. Look, I know I can look at TikTok for like 43 hours. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> All of it. But I'm saying that what kind of voices are you feeding into yourself? They may not be speaking like negative things, negative faith. They may not be saying this, that, and the third to push you off. It may not be negative for them, but it's negative for you. Who do you follow that makes you compare yourself to them? Who do you follow that makes you think, oh, my gosh, like they have the best life ever. They have a boyfriend or they have a girlfriend and I want a relationship. Or it makes you think, wow, they're not even Christian, so why do they have good things? Ooh, yeah, I know, you say it. But who do you follow that shifts your faith off of God? Who do you follow that isn't pushing the voice? And what's crazy is that sometimes the voices that feed the most negative things to us are people who are Christians. The Christians are the ones that are saying, hey, they're the ones that are saying, hey, don't believe for that. Someone told Sky, hey, don't get your hopes up. She won't be healed. <laughs> what? Are you serious? I'm going to get my hopes up. Do you know the God that I serve? I serve a God who can resurrect a dead body and can walk on water. I can speak things and heal people. I'm going to get my hopes up. You have to realize that the people that you are around affect the path that you're on. The people that you're around will affect the path that you're on, whether you like it or not. Some of the people that you've been friends with forever Maybe you're saying, wow, it's like 
that's like my only friend, but they keep breaking me down. You're worth more than a bad friendship. You're going to have eternity with God. You do have eternity with God, and you're going to walk into some of the best relationships you can ever walk with. It's okay. You might be lonely for a little bit, but God will provide friends. God will provide community. Look at the bridge. We are a community of people who love walking with each other. If you have a friend that speaks bad and speaks into your life that's negative, look, you don't need that relationship to be fulfilled. You don't need that voice in your life to walk out the life that God has called you. But what's crazy is that sometimes we'll think, yeah, I have really good friends, and my friends are sick. They're all Christian, super great, and it's amazing. But some, there's another voice that, that affects us sometimes even more than the voices around us. It's the voice in our head. It's the voice that we speak to ourselves. It's what we say to ourselves. The most important messages that you will hear, they won't come from this pulpit. They won't come from Pastor Gary. They won't come from famous pastors. They will come from the words that you speak to yourself. You have to realize that the voice in your head, the devil knows. If, if I can get this person discouraged for three seconds, boom, I'll make him preach something negative and, and they'll be off. See, sometimes I'll have to be walking and I'll be thinking, oh my gosh, I, I messed up at work the other day. They deserve, wait. No, God's a God of restoration. God's working through me. He's going to work it out. Or, dang, that person looks like they're so much further along in their walk, and I need to be better, and I need to do more, do more, do more. It's like, hold up. Jesus did everything for me. And let me step back and say that Jesus already won the battle. I just got to be obedient and be with myself. You have to be able to preach. That's why it's so important to be in the word. Because if you don't know the words to combat the negative things in your mind, then how are you going to battle it? How are you going to declare war for yourself or other people if you don't know the words of truth? It's not, it's not going to work. It will be a hit or miss. And what else did the Israelites do? They, they couldn't talk. But another thing that they did, they just kept walking. They just kept walking. No matter how much dirt got into their little piggies, no matter what they were thinking, no matter how they felt, they were in the desert, no matter what happened, they just kept walking. It doesn't even talk about in the scripture, oh, some felt this way, some felt that way, some wanted to leave, some wanted to keep going. No, it literally just said that they did it. That shows how much your feelings will, take play, will matter in your walk. So like, you can feel terrible, you can feel whatever, but the truth still stands. God is still faithful. He still called you. He still asked you to be obedient. You, the feelings, they'll lie to you. J.J. said it perfectly, but the truth doesn't lie. It's the truth. It's the truth. I'm the truth, bro. <laughs> it would have been so hard for them to walk for that long. But can I tell you, the process that God has you in isn't to punish you. It's to push you further towards God. If we got everything that we wanted right now, right at the snap of our fingers when we prayed for it, We'd be like, okay, bet. I'm pretty good at this prayer thing. I'm pretty good. I can pray a prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's up? Like, I'm a prayer warrior. But if we continued to pray, it would happen. Pray, it would happen. We would soon forget God. What God had the Israelites in, God didn't tell them to walk because he wanted their toes to hurt. They probably had flat feet. Probably sucked. <laughs> God wanted them to know that he is still God, even whatever they feel. God could have made the walls fall down on the first day, straight up. But God wants us to take part in this process. God wants us to walk with him and be with him throughout the whole path. But most people give up after the first breakdown, you know. People say, okay, I prayed this and, and nothing happened, so this God thing is not for me. No. Imagine the doubt that the Israelites had. They were walking around Disneyland with no shoes on. Are you kidding? People be spinning on the ground. They were walking on some dirt. But they just kept walking. Following Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to be able to hop in your Tesla and ride around Jericho and be cool. Or you get to hoverboard around your walls and then it will be all good. It doesn't mean that. It probably means that you're going to have to get out of your Tesla if you have one or not. Well, you, we got, me and Smackler, we got money like that. What's up, Teslas? If you're... I was going to say, oh, Tesla, if you're watching, sponsor me, give me a car. But, hey, <laughs> hey, got to ask. Following Jesus doesn't mean life is going to get easier. It just means you're going to get stronger. 
It means you're going to be able to walk with the creator of the world. It's going to mean you're going to be able to walk with the person who created you, who loves you, who died on a cross for you. That's what that means. You're going to be able to have the strength of the creator of the world who raised a body from the dead. Are you kidding? Shoot, if my life is easy but I don't have the creator with me, are you serious? Ah, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, at the proper time, in Ecclesiastes it says, everything is beautiful in its time, the relationship will come in its time, your breakthrough will come in its time, that was off, all right, (laughs) let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we do not give up. Look, don't grow weary in the process God has you in. The timing and the walking process was for the Israelites to grow. Where God has you right here, right now, whatever you're going through, it's for a season. It's just a season. And it will be beautiful in its time. Whether it's your first day walking with Jesus, your first day praying for whatever you're praying for, or your 500th day. God is still there. Keep on walking. Keep on believing. God is a God of faithfulness and restoration, and he keeps his promises. Shut the voices up around you. Like, hey, look, look, we're cool. We've been cool for the past three years, but look, I'm going somewhere, and you're going somewhere, and we're going to have to split ways because I respect you, I love you, and everything. But look, we're going different ways, and further down the road, if we meet again, cool. But right now, God has me on a path. God's timing is above our timing. God's timing is above our timing. But look at the end of this as I close. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. Don't give up praying for your family. Don't give up believing. Don't give up praying. Don't give up battling for the people you love because they matter. Most importantly, don't, don't stop Battling for yourself. Don't give up on yourself. You matter. Literally, you matter here. You know how much you do matter? That the, the literal creator of the universe, God, would let a piece of himself die for you on your worst day. That's how much you're worth. You're worth a good man dying on a cross for he didn't do anything. That's how much you're worth. You're worth the creator of the universe coming down, moving into the neighborhood, and showing us how much he loves us by forgiving us and allowing us to walk in a life with him. Breakthrough is a battle worth fighting for. So declare war. Don't stop declaring war for the people you love and the people that don't even like you. This is a battle worth fighting for. So declare war. Declare war. Can we give Corey a round of applause as he comes up? Yo, give it up for JJ and Kai kicking off this message, man. So good. I want to close out tonight this first message of, of 2020 talking about blindfolds. I want to talk to you about blindfolds. Um, so we got this, this, this story in Joshua chapter 6. So the Israelites, um, they get to Jericho and God tells them this crazy plan, like no military, no weapons, none of that. You're going to get your kazoos and you're, go, you're going to go for a walk. You're going to reenact Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3. You're just going to walk for days and days and days. That's what it's going to be like. And then at the end of the day, you're going to do and everyone's going to shout. And then, like, you're going to win this battle, which is crazy, right? Like, it's crazy. But let me just kick off my portion of this message with telling you, don't ask God to do the miraculous if you're not willing to do the ridiculous. Like we're sitting here praying for a breakthrough and praying for a breakthrough, and God's like, I've already given you breakthrough. All you got to do is take it. Kai's talking about the voices in your life. Well, God silenced every single one of the Israelites for seven days straight. What if you silenced every other voice but God's voice in your life for a week? Scratch that. Scratch that. What if you just, like, got off social media for one week? Some of y'all are like, that's ridiculous. All right, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But you'll still be in this place of depression begging God for a breakthrough when he's saying, your breakthrough, this miracle, you want the miraculous? You're going to have to do the ridiculous, which in our generation is getting off of Instagram for a week. 
Don't ask God to do the miraculous if you're not willing to do the ridiculous. What step is God calling you to take? Joshua chapter 6, verse 15. So here, here we are. We're on the last day. Seven, seven days. There's seven times around. That's what God told them to do. Walk around this whole city for seven days. And on the seventh day, walk around it seven times. And when you get to the end, blow the trumpets and then everybody shout and you're going to get your victory. And I want you to see what happens right here. Verse 16 of Joshua chapter 6. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded a long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. I love the Bible. The Bible's incredible. There's so much depth in it. I want you to watch this. Joshua said, seventh day, seventh time around, he said, shout for the Lord's given you the city. The victory's ours. We just won. But, but did you notice in the text what had changed? Did you notice? Nothing changed. For a week straight, they've been marching around this city that was the most fortified city in all of the world. The, JJ likened it to the Great Wall of China, but it really didn't even compare. This wall, this was an impenetrable militaristic city that nobody, it, was, it wasn't famous, it was infamous. And for seven days, they stared at this wall, likely with, with archers at the top of this wall, pointing down at them, ready, like, make your move, because we're ready to make our move. And the seventh time around, on the seventh day, Joshua looks and he sees this giant wall with the archers still up there. Nothing has changed. Yet he shouts in faith, shout for the Lord has given you the city. What do you do when you feel like you're blindfolded to your breakthrough? When things aren't changing, when you've been praying for your mom for days and days and days and then days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months and months turn into years and years turn into decades and then decades, I don't know what comes after decades. Um, and you've been praying and praying, but it seems like nothing has changed. What do you do? Do you keep pressing on towards breakthrough? Or like Kai was talking about, do you, do you give up somewhere in the middle? I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times in my life that I felt blind, blindfolded to my breakthrough. Um, so I grew up in East Riverside, and in East Riverside, we don't really have these out here in, in Temecula, but in East Riverside, it's basically like Diet Compton, and out there we have these things called cholos. <laughs> They're a rare breed. <laughs> JJ said, chill, bro. <laughs> they're a rare breed. Um, they're, they're bordering on extinction. They're currently on the extinction list, but yeah, I, think they'll, I think they'll pull through. Uh, <laughs> um, so cholos were all about looking cool all the time. Like, they, they sagged their pants down somewhere by their knees, and they wore a size 47X pro club. <laughs> like, that... But they were about looking cool all the time. These were also the people who wore sunglasses at night. Ladies, you will never find breakthrough if you date a man that wears sunglasses at night. <laughs> Stay away from him. Also, if you date a man that takes off his shirt when there's no body of water anywhere close, you're never getting your breakthrough. Okay, stay away from those two guys right there. Um, and if he doesn't wear deodorant, Stay away from him too. So, so there, was this, there was this cholo. I remember me and my, my adopted brother Josh, we were skating in our apartments. And, and we skated around this, um, this alleyway like all the time. And at the end of the alley, there were these poles. And the poles were connected with this chain. And so that cars couldn't come through. And so we knew it was there. And so like we always kind of watched out for it. And we did like the Bart Simpson ollie over it where you let your board go under. You jump over. And you Anyways, don't have time for it. Skaters, where you at? Where's all the skaters at? Come on now. You guys know what the Bart Simpson ollie is. So, so we always watched out for this. One day we see where we're skating kind of halfway through the alley. We see this cholo like Picture exactly the stereotypical thing you, person you have in your mind right now. That is exactly who came rolling around the corner with a beanie, sunglasses on at night, on his lowrider gangster bike, not motorcycle, bicycle, grown man on this bicycle. And he's, I kid you not, like I wish, like, I wish this was a made-up story, but you can't make this stuff like this up. He was holding a ghetto blaster in one of his hands. You guys know what a ghetto blaster is? A ghetto blaster is an old boom box. He has a ghetto blaster in one hand. He's, he's holding the bike handlebars with the other hand, and he's wearing sunglasses. He rounds the corner, and he gives me and my brother this thing, and he keeps going. 
Me and my brother looked at each other, had to say nothing. We knew exactly what we were thinking. Do we tell him about the chains? <laughs> what do you think I did? I said nothing, bro. I said nothing. I was like, let's let this one play out. <laughs> and so he rolls all the way to the end. After he gives us the head nod, he, like, gives it a couple quick, like, pedals, and he picks up speed. And I'm like, dear God, I, at this point I wasn't even saved. I was like, I don't believe in you yet, but if this carries out the way I think it is, I will give my life to you, and I'll follow you for the rest of my life. He rolls to the end of this alley. He gets to the chains because he's wearing lokes that are four shades too dark, and it's not time this man hits the chains goes flying over his handlebars he throws his ghetto blaster he eats it and me and my brother start cracking up laughing at him we were so christ-like you know the best part is though he was super cool about it like we're laughing and he gets up he's like dang bro you see that my radio was broken i was like it is bro the man the the, the sunglasses were so dark he might as well have been blindfolded you ever feel like you're blindfolded looking for your breakthrough Amber, I'm, I'm going to need your help. I need a volunteer. I need someone who doesn't. I don't really know you that well. You know, I don't know you that well. <laughs> okay, if you just shouted, hey, Corey, it's not you. Uh, I'm not picking you. Okay, my man right here. Come on up. Come on up. You, no? You, can, you down to come up? You pointing at your friend. You don't even want to come up here. Come, come on up, my man right here. Yeah, come up on stage. There's stairs right over here. I don't, have we ever met? Is this your first time at Bridge Youth? You been here a few times? That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm going to need to get your name. Hey, pretty lady, what's your name? Amber. That's true. Hey, what's your name, dude? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. That's a great name. Hopefully you don't have too much faith where you mess up my, uh, hey, uh, uh, Bank, would you come help me real quick? I what I need you to do, I need you to blindfold Ezekiel. So make sure that he can't see nothing. If you need to take your glasses off, you can take them off. I need you to get blindfolded and everything. This is Bankhead. I'm going to need your guys' help throughout once he's blindfolded. All right, you need to be blindfolded too. Uh, I'm going to walk through. Yeah, there we go. Give him, give him a couple spins. I don't think we ever met before. Can you see? Are you sure? Okay, pull it up. Nah, he would have flinched. You know he can't see. Ezekiel, um, I know we've never met here. I got you. Um, I, I can't promise you you're going to make this out alive, okay? So walk with me real quick. You kind of have a reference for where you're at. Walk with me. He already doesn't want to walk. You see that? Walk, walk, walk with me. Yeah, okay. Do me a favor. Spin around, spin around. Spin, spin, spin. Okay, walk this way. Okay. All right, walk this way over here. Come on. I got you, man. He does not trust me at all. Okay, I want you to jump forward. I'm just kidding. Don't jump forward. Yeah, okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. Right here. Went, no, yeah, take it one more. There you go. Right there. Right there. Just stand there. When I tell you to, I want you to just, because you might, can you see? You might be at the edge of the stage. I might have put something in front of you. You might be at the stairs. God knows where you're at right now. Um, you don't know where you're at, but when I tell you to, I just want you to take a step. No, what? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, take one more step. Take, do it. Do it. Take a step. Stay, stay, uh, all right, stay there. Stay there. You're safe. You're safe. All right, blindfold yourself, Amber. Can you see? You can't see? No. Are you sure? Yes. You promise? I promise. You promise on our marriage? I promise on our marriage. Ooh. <laughs> All right, walk with me. Come on. I ain't going to spin you too hard. You spin me right around, baby, right around. I got you. I'm walking. Okay, here we go. This way. Don't fall. Okay. Now, what I want you to do, you could be anywhere. You could be at the edge of the stage. You could be at the stairs. God knows where you're at. But when I tell you to, I want you to take a step, okay? When I tell you to, when I tell you to, I want you to take a step. All right, take a step right now. All right, Ezekiel, you can, take, you can take your blindfold off. Amber, you can take your blindfold off. <laughs> no, don't take the blindfold off. Did you see the difference between the two? Did you see the difference between Amber, Ezekiel? Think, hey, he said, I can't. You can take it off. You can take it off. Here you go. I got something for you, Ezekiel. There you go, my man. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, give it up for Ezekiel. Hey, did you see the difference, though? Did you see the difference between the two? You see when 
when you guys were all like, no, Ezekiel. Oh, now I look like a cholo. <laughs> Someone said, no, you don't. <laughs> so, so when I told, I, I never really even met Ezekiel. He doesn't know me. He doesn't trust me, nothing like that. So when I told Ezekiel, hey, Ezekiel, take a step, all of you guys were like, no, no, no. And he listened to you before he listened to me. And he, was, he wouldn't even start walking with me. He wasn't hesit He was like hesitating the whole time. I walked Amber around, and she's just under my arm chilling. I tell her to take a step. Did you see how I said, okay, take a step, and she didn't even hesitate? Why? Why? Because Amber and I have been through some stuff. I've been married to this woman for over 10 years. We've been together for over 13 years. Can I tell you, we've been through some stuff. Life has not been easy. Life, you, but you know what has happened in, in 13 years of being together? What has happened is she has discovered that I only have good in mind for her. I want her best. And in every situation that I ever possibly could, I have done nothing but protect her and guard her and love her. And so even when an entire room of people are saying, no, don't take a step. Don't do it. You're going to die. You aren't going to make it. She hears my voice and says, take a step. And she listens to my voice over everybody else's. This is why some of you aren't taking your step of faith and you're not seeing your breakthrough because you don't even know what God's voice sounds like. You're over here, you have no relationship with him, and you're wondering, why is it so scary to take? Well, why? Because like Ezekiel doesn't know me, you don't know God. And the first step to your breakthrough is knowing God, being in a real relationship with him. Man, here's the thing. To, to be able to know, like you see, like I, I, I read Joshua 6, and I'm like, Joshua, how did you get to the walls of Jericho which was really like day one on the job for him. Moses is dead. Moses, like, like, uh, uh, like the guys were saying, I don't know who said it, if it was Kai or JJ, but one of them was saying how, I think it was, it was Kai, how he was saying beforehand under the leadership of Moses, the Israelites were just walking from town to town, popping everybody, getting victories, and moving on. Like Moses was like Leonidas. Joshua comes around, and he's like, so I'm a worship leader <laughs> with skinny jeans and moto jackets and I have an undercut like and Joshua on his first military battle the guys were like okay so under Moses we just killed everything in our path let's do it again Joshua he says no let's let the let's let the musicians and the poets lead the way <laughs> they're like what oh but don't don't ask God to do the miraculous if you're not willing to do the ridiculous and I think at the end of this whole journey how did Joshua and there's 200 and do we do, do we get the count yet there's two what there's 259 people in this room right now, but there was millions of Israelites. So, so Joshua looks at the walls of Jericho, still standing tall, nothing has changed. The breakthrough, you would think for a week at least the walls would start cracking a little bit. No, there's no sign of breakthrough at all. And yet with every confidence in him, Joshua turns around, not to 259 people, to millions of people, first day on the job and says, hey, shout for the Lord's giving you the city. How did, God, how did Joshua have that confidence? You ever see someone with just a ton of confidence? Like they're not cocky, but they're confident. You're like, how do you have so much confidence? I think, you know why Joshua had so much confidence? He just had to look back. Look at your neighbor. Say, look back. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell him, look back. You need <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. You, did, you definitely need to look back. I chose you second. You need to look back. To really understand the walls of Jericho, you got to go back. Really, for me, in my, in my paper Bible, it's, it's one page. Three chapters. To understand Jericho, you got to go to the Jordan. To understand Jericho, you got to go to the Jordan. What's the Jordan? The Jordan was a river that before they got to Jericho, they had to cross this river. Now, crossing a river, if it's just a couple of us, eh, let's just swim across it. But it's millions of people. There's old people, there's young people, there's women, there's children, there's ladies pushing their kids in strollers. By the way, if you've got more than four kids and four strollers, don't go to Disneyland, okay? You need to wait till those kids can walk on their own, park in your stroller so nobody can walk anywhere. And there's all these types of people, and, and, and how are you supposed to get them across? And now here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest plot twist. Jericho is currently in a state called flood season. Flood season. And you know that the, the word Jericho in the original language, the, the word there is the word descender. It sounds like a metalcore band, descender. You know why they called it descender? Because at the shore, at the edge of the Jericho, as you stepped into the water, it could be one foot deep or it could be a hundred feet deep. That's why they called it the descender. 
is that people would have their lives claimed because they would go in during flood season on the banks thinking it's one foot deep and they'd sink in these really these like raging waters. They would sink a hundred feet and die. So you have no clue. So yeah, this is now a big deal when they have to cross the, Jer- the, the Jordan to get to Jericho. But, but watch what God did. So they're, they're now at the edge and God gives them a plan. God gives them a plan. He tells them what they have to do. Here's what they say. So, so they're carrying what's called the Ark of the Covenant, which is basically like a, a big box that represented the, the presence of God. And there's four priests that have to carry this thing. There's two in the front. There's two in the back. And I want you to pay attention to this. Verse, verse 13, it's just three chapters back from Joshua 6, what we just read. Verse 13 of Joshua chapter 3, the priests will carry the Ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth. Listen to this. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. I don't know about you, but my focus, <clears throat> it immediately goes to the four guys. Forget the millions of people. It goes to the four, forget the four guys. It goes to the two guys at the front. There's one guy here, one guy over here, and they're getting to the edge of the descender, and the guys in the back are like, move it, move it. And they're like, hold up. We need to figure this out. We need to ask some questions. It's flood season. Is it one foot? Is it 100 feet? I don't know. What do we do? And, and they're, the guys in the back are like, just take the step. And so they're there, and they're like, okay, guys, I know what we should do. Let's pray about this. God, part the waters, and we'll take a step. And God responds right away. He's like, nah, take a step, and I'll part the waters. <laughs> Hold up, God. <laughs> No, 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 part the waters and we'll take the step. No, 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 take a step. Take a step and I'll part the waters. If I'm the guy up front, I'm like, I'm switching places. I'm going in the back. You switch me. And, and, and there's like, I could see this argument happening. God, if you part the waters, I'll take the step. And God's like, that's not how faith works. You take the step and then I'll part the waters. How often are we just begging and begging and begging and begging for breakthrough? And God's like, okay, it's right there. Just take the step. Just go invite that friend to church. You've been praying for them for years, but you never took the step and invited them. You've been praying for unity amongst your family, but you've never been the one to take the step out and said, hey, mom, dad, I know it's crazy. I know it sounds so overly simple, but I think maybe just maybe what we need to do is just start spending some casual time together. And what if once a month we did a game night? And something simple like that is what God's put on your heart, but you haven't taken the step. You've been walking around constantly, like, you know, you know when someone's like, all talk? Like, yeah, so I kick-flipped a 27 stair. And it's like, bro, you can't ollie off a curb. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, so, so, you know, I scored 87 points in my game last week, and I only played in the fourth quarter. Like, what are you talking about? No. And what do you always say to someone like that? You say, I'll believe it when I... Right? I'll believe it when I see it. Some of y'all are sitting here telling God, I'll believe it when I see it. And God's trying to tell you, no, 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 no. You'll see it when you believe it. Did you catch it? No, stop saying, I will. I'll believe it when I see it. And start believing. I will see it when I believe it. What does believing it look like? It looks like taking the step. Even if you feel blindfolded. Even if you don't know what's. Man, the little mermaid has more, more faith than most Christians. Even she was like, I don't know where, and I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. And then she got herself some legs. And we're over here like, I don't know where, and I don't know how, so I'm not going to do anything right now. I'm just going to sit here like that, yummy, like, shut up. And take a step. Also, can I just say, in the midst of taking a step, watch your mouth. Here's what you, there's a, man, Kai preaches, I don't want to preach it again, but I'm just going to say, you cannot speak defeat and expect victory. And you need to, you need to walk it and talk. You need to walk it and talk. You need to you, walk it like a, talk it, walk it, walk it, talk it. I did that for you, Banks, strictly for you. You know, walk it and, and talk, both. Take a step. What step is God calling you to take? Band, you can head up or else I'll just keep preaching. What step do you need to take towards your breakthrough? Because sometimes you got to name it and claim it. I know that, I mean, there's some people who get too wild with that theology of naming and claiming, but sometimes you got to name it and claim it. You got to walk it and talk it and see God bring victory for your breakthrough. Breakthrough is a fight worth fighting for, so declare war. 
Declare war on what? Declare war on every single thing that the enemy has been robbing you of in last year. Because 2020, 2020 is going to be different. There's people in this room. Man, you've been fighting for breakthrough, and it's time for you to. There's people in this room, you have not even wanted breakthrough. You are content in your addictions. But in this moment, God is moving your heart, and things are shifting in you. And you're going to start fighting for breakthrough, and you're going to start taking steps, and you're going to start speaking victory. See, some of you guys, you just, need to, you just need to speak out that your whole family's saved already. None of them are even going to church yet. I like talking to people like they're all. Man, I go and I talk to my older brother who's an atheist. I just talk to him like, a, like he's a Christian. Like, oh, so I was sitting in church Sunday, and pastor said this, and man, I love the Bible, don't you? He's like, no, I got some issues with it, actually. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. And then all of a sudden, we're in this conversation. Why? Because you just took a step and you spoke life. Man, why don't you just start taking steps and, and, and speaking life? Because everyone's standing still just speaking death. It's called Twitter. <laughs> I'm off Twitter, man. Take a step and speak life. What if... What if what if in 2020 we had, we had a heart like Joshua? Joshua had millions of people following him. You might not have millions of people following you, but you got somebody following you. And what if in 2020 we had a heart like Joshua that said, you know what? It doesn't matter what I see because I know what God said. It doesn't matter what I see because I know what God said. So whatever barrier is in my, in my way, whatever breakdowns I've been through, even if I feel blindfolded, I know on the other side of this thing is the thing that God promised me. And if God said it, I'm going to believe it. End of story. What if we started having that heart and we just started speaking our breakthrough? The breakthrough is already mine. I've already got it. But you'll never take that step. If you don't learn to recognize the voice of God. Why did Amber take this step so, without hesitation, right away? Boom. Because she knows my voice. And even when every other voice around her is screaming, no. Screaming, don't take this step. Screaming, don't believe for healing. Screaming, you're too far gone. You're too worthless. You're too ugly. Your father left you. Your heavenly father's already left you too. But like JJ said, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So even though every other voice in the room, sometimes every other voice in the world will tell my wife certain things, she'll listen to my voice because she trusts me and she knows that I love her. Your first step to breakthrough is being in a trusting, loving, real, authentic, genuine relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. This isn't some made-up mythology. We're not talking about we're not talk talking about some statue of a chubby dude with stretched ears at Panda Express. We're talking about real, genuine, living God, the Messiah, Jesus, who 2,000 years ago undisputably lived, and he died for you, for me, because we had a bill set on our table that we could not pay, and he said, don't worry, I've got the bill. I will pay it, because you can't. But your breakthrough starts by stepping into that relationship with him. And some of you, you've never done that. Some of you, you did, but you've walked away. And you let every other voice, you let the barriers pull you away. You let the breakdowns pull you away. And you've been walking around like you're blindfolded with no direction. This is why everybody loves the walking dead so much. Because they all relate to the zombies. Lifeless, walking with no direction. And some of you feel that way. And you think that you came here tonight to play some games and try to win some AirPods. No, no, no. The God of the universe orchestrated this moment because he wants to bring you breakthrough. You, yes, you. Me, yes, you. Forget about every other person in the room. You. But it all starts with taking that step into a relationship with him. So you're going to have that opportunity right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. This is a public setting, but a private moment. And right here, right now, someone's going to get their breakthrough. I made this decision 15 years ago and I never looked back. If you're in this place and you would say, Corey, that's me, man, I need breakthrough. I want God in my life. I want to give him my heart. I want to give him my life. I want to follow after him. If that's you tonight, this is your moment. This is your time right here, right now. The Bible's, I'm not trying to scare no one, but the Bible says tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And I want to see every single one of you in heaven. I want to spend eternity with you. Don't miss this chance. What if it's your last? So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody looking around. If that's you and you would say, Corey, I, 
I want to make that decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In just a second, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. Every eye closed, every head bowed. It's just me. And when I get to three, if that's you and you say, man, I, I want that. I want breakthrough. I want a relationship with God. I want to know that the day that I die, that I'm going to heaven. If that's you, when I get to three, raise your hand. Don't hesitate. Don't look around. Don't worry about what nobody else around you is doing. This is a moment between you and God. When I get to three, you lift your hand. One, two, three. Right now, all over this place. Hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? Man, it's amazing. This is the best decision you'll ever make with your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. JJ talked about some decisions in life he regretted. Kai and I, we got some decisions we regret. This is one decision you will never, ever regret. That's amazing. Anybody else? Maybe you walked away from God. Maybe, you, maybe you've been going a different direction. This is your moment right now. Lift your hand if that's you. Lift your hand. Anybody else? You got one more moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The Christians in the room are praying right now. Those of you who have your hand up, I know this is random, but just track with me for a second. If you got your hands up, you're making this decision, do me a favor. If you have Instagram, pull out your phone and go to our Instagram. It's just a really simple thing. Just DM us the words next seven. Next seven. Every, every head bow, every eye closed, the Christian's praying. But those of you who, who are raising your hand, making this decision, you guys look up at the screens. I want you to just go to at bridge, YTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven. Here's why. We've designed seven videos for the next week to walk out this, this uh, journey of faith with you. In this journey